Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th, and we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce, all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Welcome to Culture Proof. I'm Will Addison. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will. Glad that you're here with me today. You know, we have been talking about uh, men and having a conversation about what it means to be a man. uh, And we want to base that off uh, what the scripture tells us, right? Uh, There's so many things that are, are attacking men. So many mindsets that uh, our culture has uh, towards men that is not really favorable towards men. But that's a that's an attack against the order that God has set. And we know that the enemy is behind that. He would love nothing more than to have uh, men not in their rightful place. And so, you know, we see all these things, toxic, masculinity we uh you know uh disdain for patriarchy and all this stuff you know uh and just a softness just a softness in our culture you know it's crazy i can remember my grandfathers both of them you know i I remember them being hard-working men being men that you know they were not um you know, very vocal. They didn't have a lot of words, but man, they, they had a demeanor about them uh, that was strong. Um, 
you know, the thing was they uh, knew what it took to take care of a family. Uh, they didn't bail out on their families. Um, I saw a lot of qualities in them that, man, I wanted to replicate it in, in myself, uh, in my dad as well. I saw what a man was. I was fortunate enough to have my dad as a part of my life. You know, some of my friends didn't have that, but I was fortunate enough that God blessed me that my dad was uh, a, a big presence throughout my entire life. And so I, I'm I'm grateful for that. But today we want to continue the conversation that we're having about men. So yesterday uh, we had a, a conversation from an article uh, just talking about uh, why men are attacked, you know, today. Like what, like why is that such a cool thing? Like why, you know, does it seem like at every turn the man is being attacked? You know, is, uh, there's a disdain for manliness. You know, it's seen as a negative thing. And where did that come from? And so we talked about how the industrial revolution really brought about a change in this country to where men begin to seek things outside of the home rather than uh, the, the, the necessity of taking care of the home, uh, being a caregiver, uh, having their sons uh, as like their apprentices and things like that. The focus began to be to where what was happening outside of the home uh, took precedence, you know, uh, the, having a career, being a, a man that would bring home the bacon, as they would say, you know, the primary source of the finances, that's all I'm about. And really the things that uh, have to do with the house, uh, the wife would take care of that. But that's not what we see in scripture. That's not how God set it for it. A matter of fact, when you have these different uh, writings in Exodus and Deuteronomy that we've talked about so many times in Psalm, you know, uh, these were directed towards the fathers. That fathers were the one that ones that were supposed to be uh, responsible for the training up of their children, and so today I want to talk about something um, uh, called the culture of softness. And I actually recently uh, released a blog about this. You can find it at cultureproof.net. And just to let you know, for everything that's cultureproof, you can find it cultureproof.net. We have our cultureproof conference happening July 18th through the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee. That's right outside of Memphis. And it's going to be a great time. And so I, I, I just would admonish you to go to cultureproof.net. Check it out. Uh, check out the lineup. Check out the bios and see who's going to be uh, some of the featured speakers at this conference. We have some breakouts. Uh, we have the children's uh, tracks for the children and for the teens, the culture proof uh, children or culture proof kids and the culture-proof teens. We also have some breakout sessions for the young adults. And so, man, we really desire to equip the body of Christ to be culture-proof. And so check out the website, cultureproof.net. That's cultureproof.net. But today I want to talk about the culture of softness. The culture of softness. And I'm going to read a portion of what I wrote uh, in the blog, and, and you can check it out again at cultureproof.net. And I started off by saying, if you're a, a culture watcher like I am, there are many concerning things that are evident. And one of these things is the softening of almost everything that was at one time rugged or tough. From things like sports to the constant offense taken when there's disagreement, uh, we see almost every area of culture opposing toughness. 
masculinity, robust conversation and disagreement with civility. You know, there was a time when we can have an argument, we can uh, have a disagreement and it stayed there. You know, there was no severe name calling and calling someone out of, you know, who they are. And, and you know, it was it wasn't this deep personal hurt. You know, now you can't have these type of conversations because it's like, man, you hurt me with your words. And because because of disagreement, because of disagreement, that's a sign of of softness. OK, the move towards softness or fragility and weakness is all by design by the evil one. This principle is true in community, in homes, churches, organizations, companies, etc. The truth of the straight edge of Scripture says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. That's Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. So basically what I'm saying is there's a, a, a strategy from the enemy to cause there to be weakness in our society. It's that that bodes well for him, because if there's a breakdown of the man and how the man is supposed to handle himself and, and how the man is supposed to govern uh, his household, his family, it's, then, then the family becomes easy prey. Right. If there's a softness that has taken over the culture of America, then, man, it's easy prey for the evil one. So this is by design. This is by design. Um, the enemy does not want to contend with, you know, full grown manhood, like someone who is taking uh, um, their responsibility seriously, watching over their family, doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. The enemy hates that. So if you can kind of dumb down the culture, if you can kind of uh, uh, soften what it is to be a man, then there's an easier road for the enemy to come in and to wreak havoc upon the family. One reason that the family is in the position that it is in today is because there's a lack of authority there. We have fathers that are not in the home. I think uh, uh, just across America, it's like 40%. And I know in different demographics, it's higher uh, than that. Like in the African-American community, it's, it's 70 something percent that of, of children who are born are born into homes where there's no father. So this is a problem. This is a, a major problem, but it's orchestrated. And we have to understand this. It's orchestrated by the enemy. The enemy comes to steal kill and destroy, right? And so one of the plans, uh, one of the tactics that he used is disrupting the family structure. That's why we see so many battles around what family is, what marriage is, because the enemy wants to distort that. Number one, because it's a picture of Christ in the church when we're speaking of marriage. And then what we are talking about is a family thing. When we read the scriptures, it's a family book. When I read the scriptures, I see being adopted into the beloved. I see I have a heavenly father. I see I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So Christ is my elder brother. I see brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a family book, right? So the enemy desires to distort that. And I'm going to continue reading. The strength of this country has been has been bound. Men and the strength we bring are not valued in today's America. And our families, our churches, and our nation have reaped the consequences. Praise God that he's called his church to be counter-cultural. That's the main thing. See, the, my brother Abraham Hamilton III, he says, uh, the world is going to whirl. 
So we can expect the world to do what the world's going to do. But man, we have a different standard within the body of Christ. And so our standard comes straight from the scripture. So we have to find out how we can get back to God's original design and, and, and fulfill what he has called us to be as men, as, as women, as, 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 you know, sons, daughters, as a family, we have to go back to the book. We have to go back to the word of God. Okay. Are you looking for something fun and impactful for your kids to participate in this summer? Maybe you will allow them to join us and our family for a week in North Carolina at the refuge. This is an aid in North Carolina for one entire week. We and our family and a bunch of teenagers and mayflies and mayflies who all love <laughs> jesus we don't know if the mayflies love jesus <laughs> but the kids certainly love jesus we're going to be teaching biblical worldview this yes. is a week intensive of equipping and training kids to defend the truth of what they believe and to be able to stand boldly in a culture that is hostile to that truth you can learn more by going to ncrefuge.org that's ncrefuge.org july 21st through the 26th you have the opportunity to join us and our entire family mm -hmm. for a week of culture proofing yes it's going to be fun it's going to be intensive it's going to be great it's going to it's going to be some memories that they're going to be a take back home with them so sign your child up now we have a culture of softness in america and it's by design. For years now, the attack on masculinity, uh, patriarchy, ruggedness, toughness has been constant. These are uh, certainly not the only defining features of being a man, right? So I don't want to get that twisted. It's not that, you know, and, uh, the definition of being a man is how many muscles you have, right? Or how rugged you are. But these are things that have been frowned upon, even in our culture. Men don't have to be rugged and tough in the, in the world's eyes to be manly, right? But there is a sense of leadership and strength with which God equips men uh, that is useful in human society. Men are created by God to lead, right? Our wives come alongside of us and they help us. They are a helpmeet. They help us to carry out the mission that God has given to us as men. The move has been toward androgyny. You know, just make everybody just whatever. You know, no man, no woman. Uh, the push has been uh, many genders or no gender at all. Moving away from God's design of male and female. But God will not be mocked. Uh, conversations over how soft sports are now compared to a few years ago occur frequently. I have these conversations with my son, J.D. I tell him, like, I remember in the 80s and 90s watching basketball, watching football. It was a totally different sport. What was a foul, was a foul today would not have uh, been called a foul, <laughs> you know, years ago. You know, you can tell, like, there's a difference in the demeanor of the athletes. You know, uh, everything is catered toward more softness. And, you know, yes, it still can be fun to watch. It can be fun and entertaining to watch. But, man, it's different. It's different. And I think this is just another symbol of what's happened in our society when we look at sports, when we look at fashion. When we look at fashion, we have men wearing skirts, and, it, and we're not in, what, Scotland. You know, it's not a kilt. They're wearing skirts. 
they're uh, carrying around bags, you know, and they may say, well, that's just a, it's a handbag. But you didn't see men carrying around these items. And so the thing is, man, we have to view the things in culture. We see what's happening uh, and we can't be sucked into that. But we recognize that something is changing and we have to understand that, you know, this world, this culture is being changed by the enemy. Things are going on, but we can't submit ourselves to it. We have to be wise enough to see those things and say, okay, oh man, I see what's going on here. We need to pray for discernment that we are not easily sucked in because, you know, they will say, well, it's just fashion, man. But men ought not to be wearing what women wear. The Bible tells us that even in uh, Leviticus, like men are not to be wearing the things that women wear. And so we're seeing that happen today. So conversations over how soft sports are uh, now compared to a few years ago occur frequently. Uh, while this may be a harmless conversation, it points to a steady, notable decline of toughness in our society uh, and our quiet acceptance, right? Actions that were called files today, as I said before, uh, they wouldn't have been the same in the past. Giving participation trophies uh, is another feature of softness. So everybody has to be a winner. Nobody can lose. And that's the thing. You, when you have that type of um, uh, uh, environment, it creates soft people. If everybody has to have a trophy, everybody has to win, even if you didn't win, even if you didn't do the job well enough to come in first, you still get something. Well, man, you know, it, it creates this thing of, man, even if I, I lose, I feel like I deserve something, a prize. And that's it wasn't always like this. Um, it wasn't always like this. And I and I and I had I wrote this. I said we might not have ever seen a Michael Jordan if he hadn't been left off of the varsity team. Those type of situations and those things help to shape us. It helps us to have a, a drive. It helps us to see that, man, everything is not going to go our way, but we keep on trying. Even if we fail, we try again. You know, Jordan, uh, is recorded, went home and cried, but we know the end of the story. He became the GOAT, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. You know, but we might not have that if there are not failures, if there are not things that we don't succeed in, if everybody's given a pass, no matter, you know, how uh, good or bad you do, you're going to get something, you're going to get rewarded, then you kind of take um, uh, uh, the gusto out of, you know, the lesson that should be learned by failing. You, there's lessons that are learned by failing. Uh, when I was in school, anxiety occurred when you failed the test, you felt bad. Uh, but were encouraged to study harder for the next test. So it wasn't a thing of, oh, man, I, I, I made a bad grade and it's all over. Man, you felt bad. You were like, man, I don't want to continue to make these uh, low marks. But, man, you were encouraged. I, I need to study harder. You know, there were other students in the class, you know, who did well. You, If you felt a sense of competitiveness, you was like, man, I don't want to be at the bottom of the class next time. I'm going to put in more work. I'm going to study. I'm going to do what's necessary. Those are the type of things I believe build strong people. The ability to say, I didn't do my best this time. I, I, I may have failed at this this time, but it's not going to happen again. So we live in a time where disagreement is tantamount to assault. Those things were, I will agree to disagree with you, or I respect and would fight for your right to disagree with me. 
That's how it used to be. Yeah, we can have this robust conversation. We can disagree, you know, vehemently. But at the end of the day, man, there was respect. There was like, man, I'm, I'm, I don't feel a certain type of way. You know, I, I'm. look, you can have your view. I have my view. We disagree. But now that's seen as violence. You know, that seemed as as not being in a, in a safe space if someone disagrees with you. If I if I said, man, I, I don't agree with that. You know, it's seen as almost like an assault. That's crazy. That's softness. That's softness. And as it concerns sexuality, things uh, trend towards softness. Masculinity is toxic. And unless you are a woman trying to act like a man, men uh, being manly is not celebrated in this culture. Is not celebrated in this culture. So if you're a man and you're acting uh, feminine, you know, that's that's more celebrated than being, you know, just a man. Just being a man. And, and again, I'm not talking about, you know, acting a certain way as far as, you know, man, I, I walk around with my chest out and things like that. But there's a, a way that men carry themselves, you know, and it's not celebrated in our current culture. It's not celebrated in our current culture. When, when strength is bound, defeat is imminent. When strength is bound, uh, defeat is imminent. Uh, I'm, I'm remembering when China, a few years ago, they um, began to ban all presentations of, uh, you know, softness and effeminate behavior on their televisions. They didn't want to uh, create a, a culture of softness in China. Now, it's crazy because they get it. Even when you think about the TikTok app, you know, they are very protective about what they're showing their people as opposed to what's going out to everybody else. They didn't want their men to see men on TV who were acting effeminate. And so they got they got the point. It was like, man, you know, wow, if they can certainly derive that and understand that, how can we in America not get that? We have, you know, effeminate actors and things on the television all day long. You have homosexual characters that are being developed and celebrated. You know, you can't even watch a commercial without seeing uh, this thing pushed in your face. We are creating a culture of softness by what we are presenting you know, in our media. So China, they got it. It was like, man, we're, we're not showing that. We don't want our men to be soft. Why can't we have a mindset like that? We should. We should. For men to be men uh, is both godly and biblical. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verse uh, 13 through 18, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. All that you do must be done in love. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanas, that uh, they are the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to ministry uh, to the saints. I urge that you also be subject to such as these and to everyone who helps in the work and labor. I rejoice over uh, the coming of Stephanas, Fortunatus, and uh, Achaicus, uh, because they have supplied what was lacking on your part, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. So although Paul is talking to men and women in this text, but he says, act like men. This word, andrizo, to behave like a man, to play the part of a man. Like he didn't shy away and say, man, act like men. Like be responsible. Do the things that you're called to do. And look, these men supply, you know, 
where what was lacking in, in my need, man, do the same. Men who are responsible, men who are able to take a stand for the gospel, men who are able to supply what's lacking. That's what we need. The admonishment that Paul gave to uh, the Corinthian church still rings loud for us today. While surrounded by a culture that moves away from men being men and acting like men, the straight up call is to say to the church, "Act. let's act like men. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. Uh, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I did away with the childish things. First Corinthians 13, 11. There are some childish things that men have been prone to do. Like when you have fully grown men who are just addicted to gaming. That's a that that's a childish pursuit. There are other things that you should be concerned with uh, in life. Not that you can't play video games. Not that that's sinful. But man, when it when it consumes you or whatever it may be, it may be a hobby. It may be working out. It may be things you know that are are that you would see see as being man. This is good for me or whatever. But if that is consuming you and it's causing you to be driven away from your family, it's a problem. It's a problem. You know, we even covered uh, a story, uh, and I talked about this by Nancy uh, Piercy. Why has it become okay to attack men? Why has it become okay to attack men? And and when you read some of the headlines and some of the articles that are being written, uh, Washington Post article was titled, Why Can't We Hate Men? With a question mark, why can't we hate men? A Huffing, Huffington Post uh, editor tweeted, uh, kill all men. Like what? You can buy a t-shirt that says so many men, so little ammunition. You know, books have appeared with the titles. I hate men. <laughs> no good men. And are men necessary? These are the things that are being spouted in this age. These are the things that we're seeing come out in culture. You know, uh, in this article, uh, under the, the headline is Marriage Natural. It says the upshot, says psych- psychiatrist uh, Frank Pittman, is that we're not going to raise a better class of men until we have a better class of fathers. Man, I agree with that. We're not going to raise a better class of men until we have a better class of fathers. Yet elite opinion has taken to dismissing the importance of fathers. The only way that we're going to change this thing, that we're going to right this ship, is that fathers take seriously the responsibilities that we have in uh, raising our children, in discipleship in the home. We are able and have the opportunity to create the men that are needed for the future, right in our homes, right in our homes. A Huffington Post blog uh, was titled, Fathers Are Not Needed. An Atlantic article said the bad news for dad is that there's nothing objectively essential about his contribution. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. A New York Times article fumed one of the most uh, persistent and frustrating problems in evolutionary biology is the male. Specifically, why doesn't he just go away? It says that there's even a secular script for masculinity that treats marriage and family as contrary to the male nature. Now, listen to this. It's, quote, men are not biologically attuned to being committed fathers. What? What? So there's a sociologist that claims this, David uh, Papineau. 
Uh, he's a co-director of the National Marriage Project at Rutgers University. Quote, left culturally unregulated, men's sexual behavior can be uh, pro promiscuous. Their paternity, casual. Their commitment to families, weak. In The Moral Animal, Robert Wright goes so far as to say human males are by nature oppressive, possessive, flesh-obsessed pigs. He adds, giving men marriage tips is uh, a little like offering Vikings a free booklet titled How Not to Pillage. Craziness. This is what's being put out there, y'all. <laughs> In Men in Marriage, George Gilder says men are by nature violent, irresponsible, prone to addiction and sexually predatory. Their most profound yearning is not for a wife and family, but for the open road. The male group escaped to a primal mode of predatory and immediate gratification. Now, man, God has created man in his image, in his likeness. And he has created him uh, to, to be a head of, of a household and a family, to have a wife and children. This is not something that, uh, that God has desired to put in man, that they would be uh, outside of, you know, wanting to have a family or just cold-hearted and, and possessive and all this kind of stuff. Yes, there are things that because of the fall, because of the, the, the rebellion in the garden, that man has to contend with. But God's plan is for wholeness. God's plan is for family, for life, for, for, for uh, men interacting with, with their spouses in a way that will please him. For the upbringing of godly offspring. Not the things that these people are spouting off. So simply said, we are contending today with a culture of softness. And we in the church, as men, we have to take it seriously, our role in bringing that back, in bringing back strength. And we can only do that by obeying uh, the word of God, R seeing what God has set out for men and how we are to interact in this uh, in this world and how we are to relate to our wives and how we are to protect and cover and raise up our children. We have to get back to the word of God because the world is going to world. The world is going to do what the world's uh, going to do. But we have a different and a higher standard in Christ Jesus. And we have to get back to that. We have to get back to that until we return to the biblical model of what God has created and what he has designed. We're going to continue to have these same issues and we're going to have a culture of softness. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we will remain culture proof until next time. Lord willing, God bless. Three, two, one.